This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. side of midnight i'm frank morano uh, like a lot of people i was somewhat surprised although not totally shocked at the news that there were massive layoffs at sports illustrated a week or two ago and i mean almost the entire staff is gone now on the one hand it's surprising because sports illustrated is just such an iconic brand it's something that you always think of as just being there like ford like coca-cola but on the other hand i was thinking to myself, when was the last time I actually picked up a Sports Illustrated? Generally, if you want to read an article about uh, sports, you'll go online at ESPN.com or something along those lines. If you want uh, some in-depth analysis, you'll tune to a sports podcast and you really wonder what place Sports Illustrated has. And then I remembered, obviously, the one thing that Sports Illustrated has, which maybe isn't so easily duplicated, is the swimsuit edition. And I don't think there is a more iconic cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition than the one that Carol Alt graces. Uh, the last few years, I have had the good fortune of getting to know Carol Alt a bit. And I will tell you, she does the honor of uh, coming to our wedding about five years ago. And other than my beautiful bride, Rachel, she was absolutely the person that the most eyes in the entire place were on. And I am thrilled uh, to welcome back to the program supermodel, actress, author, and health advocate, Carol Ald. Carol, it's been too long. It's great to talk to you. Hey, Frank, thanks for, thanks for talking to me today. You're making me laugh about your wedding. You're so sweet. Well, I hope you had fun. I know it was a hike for you to come all the way out there, so I appreciate it. No, you guys no, be, it was great. There. You know, and I was with Joe Piscopo. We had a, we had a very good time. Your yeah, wedding well, you was beautiful. Were, Your wife was gorgeous. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you were certainly a sport. Now, um, for people that don't remember your experience with Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit edition, uh, remind folks about it. What was it like? What kind of a kind of a game changer was that for you and your career at the time? How did that change your your career if it did? Well, first of all, I had a very long history with with Sports Illustrated, starting with Julie Campbell, Diane Smith, and then going to MJ Day, who's the uh, the head of the helm today. So, you know, I started actually, believe it or not, with the winter issue, with the ski wear issue. And we were supposed hmm. to have the cover December of, I think it was 81 or 80. I think it was 80. Um, but a boxer knocked me off the cover for that month. But then I went back again and Julie took me because she thought I looked like Christy Brinkley. I don't know how she did, but she did at that time. And Christy was her star. And, you know, so I got the winter issue. And then I came back again and then I got the cover for Kenya. And then I got the cover for uh, one of the 25th anniversary issues in uh, Queen of Kauai. So I have I have two great covers of Sports Illustrated. And I went back to the 50th anniversary issue and 
Now this year it's the 60th, so I did swim week for them uh, just in August. You know, I, I had a great time with them. But for a person back in, in the 80s when my first cover came out, it was nobody else put your name on the cover. Cover girl uh, makeup was the only makeup that put, you know, cover girl Carol Alt. But hmm. Sports Illustrated hit a completely different market. It was an all-male market at, at that time. And um, it was, you know, your name on it. And I remember coming out of a gym one time up in Vermont. It was snowing, had a hood on. I was completely red from working out. And some guy says, hey, are you Carol Alt? And I was like, yeah, what, do I know you? Like, I was thinking, do I know this guy from high school? Do I know, where do I know this guy from? He goes, why would you know me? Aren't you on the cover of Sports Illustrated? I'm like, you recognize me from that? He goes, you're <laughs> kidding, right? It's the cover of Sports Illustrated. And really, that's the way it was from then on out. Well, and, and so what was it that made uh, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition so unique? What, was it the fact that, I mean, obviously there's a lot of places, even back in 1981, that you could go to look at uh, beautiful women not necessarily wearing a lot of clothing. I would think there was something more to its appeal than just looking at beautiful women wearing swimsuits, wasn't it? What do you think made it such a, a meteoric rise in popularity? You know, first of all, it was it was a sports magazine, so it wasn't necessarily about naked bodies or sex. It was girl next door. There was no accessories, no heels, no. Uh, I mean, I did my own makeup sitting on a beach. We had no hairdressers. It was just beautiful girl next door in all the new bathing suits of the season. So it was. A, it was a mix of fashion and, you know, girl next door and sport. And, I, you know, when Julie pitched this, Julie Campbell, this, she pitched this in like 1963 or 64, I think it was. Um, they didn't really want to do it. She pushed and pushed and pushed. She got like seven or eight pages. They cut all the pictures up. And then, you know, this became the most coveted issue of the year and people would run out. I mean, I know I certainly did ran out in the morning of uh, you know early February and it's snowing outside and there were you know, all these women in a beautiful location. So you learned about the location. You, you, you know, these, these girls became your friends. Like, you know, I came mm-hmm. back like nine times to do the issue. It wasn't like it was one issue, one and done. Um, you know, a couple girls were like that, but for, for the bulk of the girls, you know, you had a relationship with Sports Illustrated and they had a relationship with you. And, uh, you know, it was it, it was completely different than anything else, like Playboy one and done, Penthouse one and done. They were really explicit. And, and you know, I'm not saying that people back then didn't go like, ah, why do you, I'm canceling my issue because everybody knew about <laughs> the Sports Illustrated swimwear issue. It was never a surprise. It came every February and people look forward to it. It just had Absolutely. its niche. Uh, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Carol Alt, supermodel, actress, author. The list goes on and on. You could actually check out her website, carolalt.com. There are a lot, links to a lot of great photos there and a lot of interesting lifestyle tips, which uh, I've certainly tried to do my best to uh, benefit from. Hey, um, Carol, I remember a few years ago, I guess three or four years ago now, you made the decision, even though you'd done um, Sports Illustrated in 1981, in 1987, 
2011 and 2014 to kind of recreate the cover on your own at 59 years old, a time when, you know, let's face it, that's not the not considered the prime age for swimsuit modeling. What led you to recreate that cover a few years ago? Well, it wasn't I didn't recreate my cover. What happened was the Sports Illustrated threw out a challenge for anybody who wanted to copy one of their covers. So, you know, it was during COVID. I not I didn't have a bathing suit. I didn't have any of the bathing suits that were on the cover. And I think the easiest cover to do was one with just these beads and a you know a bikini bottom. And I called my photographer. I said, this would be really funny. I'm going to write Sports Illustrated and see if this is, you know, open to anybody, if I could recreate one of the other girls' covers. So, you know, they said, yeah, go ahead. So we did. I mean, we got 50,000 views on it. It was, you know, it was hilarious. Um, I I think, you know, for me, Frank, you just said it. I mean, I've always pushed the health angle on everything. And you Mm. know I had terrible health issues. So for me, the fact that I'm still standing and it's because I'm careful about my diet, I'm careful about who I hang with, the spirituality part of everything. And I think all of that really makes a big difference when you're battling for your life in terms of health issues. And I just think, you know, even like when I did Playboy, I did it for a specific purpose. There was a specific message. And the message was that, you, you know, no matter what befalls you, you can rise above it. You know, you can you, you you can take control of your health, of the your surroundings. You can take control and it will change your destiny. And that's always been my message. And it always starts with what we eat, what we put in our body. So that, you know, for oh. me, it's always been a very important, important message. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, and I guess it's the most important message, right? I mean, you, you turn to um, almost every aspect of life uh, and you realize how unimportant everything else is if your health is failing or if you don't have the energy to do a lot of the things that you want to do. I want to ask you a little bit about your diet in, in a second. But now what we're seeing with Sports Illustrated, these layoffs, these uh, the, the fact that it looks like the chairman of the publishing company, the parent company of Sports Illustrated is resigning. And a lot of people are wondering if Sports Illustrated even has a future. Are you are you sad in a way to see what What's happening now to Sports Illustrated, something that you've been such a part of and so identified with for over 40 years now. I'm going to make a prediction that it doesn't touch the swim issue. 
I'm going to make that oh. prediction. I, I, I think I, okay. that, that I think it's an iconic issue. I think they'll always have a print issue of that. And um, I think probably there, you know, I'm just predicting because I, you know, I've read the same things you've read. Sure. But sure. I think, I think that they're just restructuring and I think they're going to come back. I think sports illustrated just is a part of history. I think people will always want to have a magazine in their hand. And if it's going to be one magazine, I think that magazine will be Sports Illustrated. So it'll be interesting to see if my prediction comes true. Uh, hey, fingers crossed. I know a lot of uh, fellas are, are rooting for your prediction to be accurate. Do you think magazines like Sports Illustrated still have a future? I mean, uh, you mentioned the incredible brand that Sports Illustrated, not only the swimsuit edition, but the the, the magazine as a whole has built over the last you know uh, half century. Are those days over? I think for a lot of magazines, they they didn't make it in print, but they'll make it online. I mean, I I don't know what the future holds. You know, Frank, the entire modeling industry itself has completely changed. Mm. I mean, today, you you know, if you don't have Instagram or Twitter, believe it or not, an OnlyFans page, which I opened up because. I, that's where women are auditioning for parts. My girlfriend, Denise Richards, said, Carol, I get hired off of my OnlyFans page. I'm like, you've got to be kidding wow. me. Like, it's just, it's just a completely, completely different time. And it, it's, I think, you know, for someone of my generation, it's hard to look at this and fathom that everything's going online. But, it, you know, everything is. By the way, I'm at Model Carol Alt on Instagram and Twitter and OnlyFans, <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a walking commercial for all my uh, my Instagram stuff that I used to get paid to do this a lot of money. And now I'm doing it free for, uh, you know, Instagram that owns my pictures, but only fans where I own my pictures. So well, you know, I'm going to ask it's a, just a different yeah. time, Frank. Well, so one of the areas where it seems it's very much a different time is with artificial intelligence and AI. And I think Sports Illustrated was one of the uh, publications that got kind of zinged for having uh, AI write articles for them. But now uh, there's this whole controversy about uh, these explicit images, which were not real, of Taylor Swift that were created through AI. Are you concerned about AI and what it's doing to journalism, what it's doing to modeling? Not only for you, because somebody could create a, a, a Carol Alt doing something that you never did, a pose you never did, but for the industry as a whole, where, where does this leave us, Carol? I, you know, I, I, you know, there's a girl on Instagram who made a an avatar of what she dreamed to look like, and she has millions of followers on this avatar because it's a beautiful avatar, it's very sexy, and it does everything that she cannot do. Uh, it's it's frankly quite scary. And, you know, as an actor who makes a living and a, and a model who makes a living off of her face and her image, anybody stealing that and doing a deep dive and, and making, you know, something else out of me is terrifying. I can't mm. deny that. I, you know, and I know that if you make your avatar, which you know, I think a lot of people are doing and they're copywriting it. I mean, now it's, you know, it's a whole other way to protect, you have to protect yourself. If you have to copyright a name and a trademark this and, uh, you know, have copyrights on your books, now you have to have a copyright on your own dang face. I mean, oh, it's, uh, it is, it's quite scary. And in terms of what, you know, AI is writing, I mean, I, 
I certainly like the personal touch. I like to know that there's a person behind something that stands behind their word. And I certainly don't like people losing their job to, a, you know, an artificial intelligence that, you know, a magazine could write 50 articles every month in 30 minutes and never pay another writer again. I, I still think people want to know the writers behind it. Who wrote it? Who did this? Who did that? I don't know. Maybe they'll make up names and put avatars. I don't uh, know, but it's, it's a very, very scary time. And AI I, is- I am, I'm with you. I'm not looking forward to uh, the days of AI radio talk show hosts at all. And apparently uh, that's not no, in the you imagine future. They, can you imagine they copy your voice and your style and say, okay, thanks, Frank. We, we got everything we need from you, and now we're just going to use this AI image yeah, of you. Yeah, no, I, genuinely, it's it's terrifying. Genuinely. It's really it's really frightening. Hey, you Nobody mentioned OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly, right? Um, uh, Carol, and I promise I'll let you go. I appreciate you being so generous with your time, but I just want to ask you about, about this and then one no, or two quick health stuff, questions. Frank, it's really, it's really um, interesting. So you mentioned OnlyFans, and I know uh, you made quite a a splash with your decision to join OnlyFans. It was one of those things when you made the decision to join, everybody was talking about it. Now, if people have not um, been on OnlyFans but only read about it in the press, a lot of folks are of the view that what goes on in there is a lot of kind of explicit content and basically uh, some softer versions of pornography but th- that's not what you're doing, I know. Explain to folks, I know you uh, mentioned the issue of ownership. Explain to folks why you made that decision to jump to OnlyFans. And are you seeing OnlyFans kind of go into being more of a mainstream outlet for modeling and things like that? So, you know, the difference, the big difference for someone like me with, between OnlyFans and um, Instagram is, um, Instagram, I don't own my photos. On OnlyFans, I own my stuff. I have the right to all my photos. I can put up what I want to put up, and no one can tell me I can't do it. Um, Instagram can tell you, yes, this could go up. No, this can't go up. You know, OnlyFans, anything goes. You know, OnlyFans actually started out as a outlet for musicians and chefs. You know, Cardi B is probably one of the highest paid people on there. She makes the most money, really. Because, you know, she started out as another outlet for her music and people could get to see her personally behind the scenes. Now, I have girlfriends putting nude pictures up on Instagram as well, putting little stars over their breasts and bed posts in mm-hmm. front of their, you know, lower parts. And, and you know, you open, up, you open up Instagram and it pops right out. Anybody can see it who's on Instagram. At least with OnlyFans, one of the things is it's behind a wall. So you have to pay for those more explicit photos if those are more explicit photos. Or if somebody has a proprietary uh, product. Like, for example, a lot of comedians on there, they have a Netflix show. When 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 the rights to the Netflix show is over, they'll put it on OnlyFans behind a wall. And it's another outlet to make money for them. They own it. They can put it on OnlyFans. And you can see it after you pay whatever premium they put on it. Um, so it, it's, it's a unique spot. There's lots of different things on there. I have girlfriends who do explicit stuff. I have girlfriends who do feet stuff. I, I mean, I have, I have friends who do comedy on there. Everybody does, you know, finds their niche and does what they want to do. So, it, it, you know, it, the one thing I like about it 
is it doesn't pop right off the page at you. I've opened up Instagram and had my mm. girlfriend, like, you know, start naked in front of me. I was like, you know, really, that was a little more than I wanted to say. Beautiful <laughs> <laughs> body, I can imagine. Like, I don't want to, I'm not interested. I, you know? Sure, I can imagine. Uh, we're talking with Carol All. One of the things I like about what you're doing is, and, you know, I don't want to make a big deal about your, your age, but, you know, you've been very open about it. You're, you're in your 60s, and I think it's so wonderful to see you out there in your 60s posing and, you know, doing these sexy photos because in this culture, which seems to so often venerate youth, we act, and unfortunately, especially when it comes to women, that once you hit 45, maybe once you hit 50, that's it. You're no longer seen as something that can be an object of desire or someone that can be sexy. And I think it's such a great message to a lot of our listeners who might be men and women in their 60s that, yeah, you can still have a lot of sex appeal and be sexy even as you age gracefully. So I think that's uh, I think that's terrific. And a wonderful thing. That's really nice, Frank. Thank you. But, you know, one of the things I think keeps feeding that myth that you need to be younger is, you know, you have 70, 80-year-old actors who have girlfriends on screen of, screen of 30 and 40 years old. And, you know, <laughs> constantly feeding that monster makes me really upset. And one of the things I talked about when I started with the OnlyFans was that pisses me off. I'm a, I'm a vital part of society. I pay my taxes. I make money. I, you know, I, I have ideas I've created. I'm still doing it. I'm still creating ideas. You can see the, some of the new things I'm going to be coming out with in the future. And I, it, it makes me angry that, you know, men are too afraid to have a woman who's got an opinion, who's, uh, you know, doesn't, don't need them, but want to be there. You know, they want all these women who want them, need them because they want to, you know, in Hermes purse, you know, come on. There's got to be something mm. more substantial in a relationship than hopping from girl to girl or guy to guy because of what you could get out of the situation. Why can't two people get together and just be creative, fantastic people? And, you know, people are like, why aren't you dating? I'm like, why aren't I dating? Like, seriously, I am a happy single because all my <laughs> friends, all the men that I am associated with, I am creative with. And they look at me as a creative, vital part of a partnership. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to ruin that with sex because then all of a sudden everybody gets like all nervous. And, you, you know, now I don't want to have sex with you anymore. So the relationship is broken. I mean, Alexi and I broke up eight years ago. He's my best friend. Uh, they bought me my family in, cup ring. Well, I mean that that's uh, that that's reason enough to uh, stay best friends I with someone even post relationship. <laughs> but but aren't there aren't there are aspects of a relationship, a more romantic relationship that you miss? I mean, obviously you're doing a lot in terms of camaraderie, in terms of professional uh, collaborations with a lot of these men. But there's got to be an aspect of a romantic relationship that you do miss. I would think. Nah, every girlfriend I talk no? to is single is like, you know what, it's so freaking okay. draining. And men, when they're in that kind of relationship, are so freaking needy. I mean, it's, it's funny to talk to women at this age. I mean, it would be funny to put a panel on the view of women yeah. who are single at a certain age. Because, like, you know, we we focus on other things and, you know, we have uh, uh, so much going on. And if somebody fits into that, don't get me wrong, Frank, if somebody fit into that, you know, fit into that paradigm. I would be, I would be, you know, great. I have a few male friends who I've known for like a really long time who, you know, I look at and I go, well, 
And I go like, well, let's see. You know, I'm just let things flow. And I think when you start, when you get old, older, you just kind of let things flow. I'm so easy. I, you know, I just don't care about all the things I used to care about. I'm passionate about my work, but I, there's certain things I just won't do. To well, get a job. I, I, more power and to you. I think that's. They won't do it. <laughs> You know I, I, mean? I can imagine uh, people could check out uh, Carol on not only on Instagram, not only on OnlyFans, but there's a lot of great articles at uh, carolalt.com. A lot of them, Carol, have to do with health. And uh, in yes. spite of how healthy you looked in those uh, swimsuit photos back in the early 80s in Sports Illustrated and elsewhere, you've been very open about the fact that you weren't necessarily very healthy then, uh, but you've made a change in your life due to primarily a raw food diet along with proper sleep, exercise and that whole thing. One trend that has just exploded over the last year are people using drugs like Ozempic and Munjara and Wegovy in order to not necessarily stave off diabetes, but to either get thin or stay thin. I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but I have to ask you, what is your view of so many people using Ozempic and these similar family of drugs to get skinny? And uh, I'm sure you have friends that have done the same thing. What do you think oh, about this, yeah. Carol? Friends and colleagues. You know, first of all, I don't want to cast dispersions on people who who do it and who need it for diabetes. I had a friend who had diabetes was on Ozempic and couldn't get it because everybody was using it as a diet drug. You know, if, if you're extremely overweight, that's really bad for your health too. So getting something that actually works because there's so much crap out there that doesn't work, Frank, you know, that there's so many people selling, you know, selling placebos, you know, that this actually works. My only issue with something like this is that, once you're there, you know, get off of it because anything that's artificial like that goes through the liver and it, it, you know, it's hard on the liver and it's hard on the body. So you're thin, but you're, you know, you've got this, this possibility of, you know, as you, as it is with anything that you take that's artificial, you've got, you know, possibilities of, of health issues. So if you're going to get there so you can be healthy and thinner, at least then, Turn around and change your diet. It's it's the fact that people don't change their habits, that they don't educate themselves, mm. so that whatever result they get, they get they they can long term it by by adding to their health on top of it. We're so focused on being skinny, and it's really weird because you know back in the day when I was modeling, um, I was 115 pounds and five foot eleven. And that was the norm. And today, and that was a size four. And today, the girls are size two and size zero. Okay, so, (laughs) right. But Instagram has changed that because Instagram influencers are now the new models. And they are fat, thin, black, white, yellow. They're they're every, the, the diversity is amazing and fantastic. And it allows people to be who they are. So it, befuddles me a little bit that people are, I don't know, you know, aiming for that super skinny right. paradigm yeah. when, when we're, we're so open to so many diverse things. I just care about people's health. I care about them educating themselves. I don't sell anything. Uh, my, my books, I donate to alternative cancer research, you know, um, you know, for me, it's, it's about getting the information. I have people who helped me with my health, 
helped me have a better life because I, I ate better and I had more energy and I was happy and more positive and my health changed and my looks changed. And then, you know, I wanted to pay it forward for other people. And I think it's really important because you can, you know, they call it ozempic face. I mean, I was like, what is ozempic face? Like for me, it's, you know, it's like the whole package. It's not just being thin, being healthy and happy and vital and spiritual and fitting into this society. And, and well said. Well, something it, to the party. well uh, whether it's physically, spiritually or intellectually, uh, you do a lot to uh, lift other people up and to uh, provide a source of great inspiration and guidance for people that are looking to make some changes in their own life. Carol, I'm pleased to call you a friend and I uh, really appreciate you uh, joining me on the radio this morning. And uh, I hope we can do this again soon. I hope so, Frank. Congratulations on your show. You know, I adore you. Thank you, Carol. Believe me, the feeling is mutual. Hey, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead.